0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Feb. 14, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, Valentine's Day edition. Hi, my name is Bob. What's happening? What's up? Hello, Bob. Hi, coming up in today's show, the great Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is here today. Andrew McCabe's new book features a tantalizing story about Trump and the 25th Amendment, plus we'll draw a distinction between the 25th Amendment and a deep state coup. They're not the same thing, Red Hats. Sorry. Try again. Plus, Trump loses again on wall funding, which means he's probably going to declare a national emergency. Great timing right after a deep state coup narrative, huh? What could possibly go wrong? And Paul Manafort is in deep shit again until, of course, Trump pardons him. Okay. All that being said, let's talk about Patreon. You might not know this if you only listen to our free Tuesday and Thursday shows. You might be missing out on one of the most exciting 90 minutes of podcasting of the week, our after-party show with me and Kimberly Johnson, every Friday. We basically describe the after-party as sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics. Huh? Go to bobseskashow.com and sign up to support our independent podcast for just 10 bucks a month, and you get the after-party. How about that? Not only do you get lots of the aforementioned sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but you also get the post-mortem shows, too, as well as access to our community blog. By the way, if only $10 a month is too much for your budget, no problem. Maybe think about pitching in for just $1 a month. You'll be supporting the show, plus you'll gain access to one of the fastest-growing communities of listeners, our exclusive Patreon club, plus our community tab where you can vent about the Trump crisis or whatever on your mind. So go right now to bobseskashow.com and subscribe. And now, let the cartoons begin.
0: I've been fooling about with it for a few months now, very delicate. It's a, it's a bit of a departure from the kind of thing you normally play. Yeah, well, it's part of a, uh, a trilogy, really, a musical trilogy that I'm doing in D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys, really. I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly to play a... It's a home. Horn- just simple lines intertwining you know very much like i'm really influenced by mozart and bach and it's sort of in between though it's really it's like a masterpiece. piece really it's, Ooh, what do you call this so, well this piece is called uh, lick my love pump bob seska. we could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about the bob seska show That's what I
1: said to Kimberly this morning for Valentine's Day I said, uh, oh Kimberly, it's Valentine's Day, lick my love pump (laughs) She didn't appreciate it, she didn't think it was very funny I don't know why It is the Trump crisis day, Seven five six six hundred twenty eight 628 days until the 2020 presidential election One day until the next government shutdown, although I don't think it's going to happen What do you think, Jody Hamilton? Jody on the show, hi Hello Bob Hi, hi, how are you?
2: Ay, 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 ay. Are we gonna have I mean, a government fire
1: hose sh- of tennis balls? Yeah, fire hose of tennis. That was so great on uh, the Stephanie, Stephanie Miller show yesterday yeah. morning. Brand new. See, um, if it wasn't for the Stephanie Miller show, I would have no material on this show. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I would have no jokes, no drop ins, nothing. I'm just uh, hanging on for dear life. I've I've grabbed a hold of the main, and I'm just waiting to be fucked off. All right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, as I said, uh, there's probably not going to be a government shutdown. Donald Trump is uh, sad. is sad in the uh, White House. He's just he's disappointed that he wasn't able to get his deal. He wasn't able to get his wall so he's very upset and he's calling calling Sean Hannity and Lou Dobbs and saying, please help me out guys. Oh please, oh please. He actually I mean he actually did Trump called Lou Dobbs and Sean Hannity for help. After his "quote-unquote" punishing defeat on wall negotiations, wow! I don't know what, what chapter of art of the deal is that, Jody Hamilton. When you lose, you just call Sean Hannity and Lou Dobbs and help them do damage control for you.
2: <laughs> well, isn't that in every footnote on in the book?
1: Yeah, I think so. <gasps> I love that. I love it. I love that he's calling those guys and saying, okay, can you please try some of your Fox News performance art uh, to clean up my goddamn mess on wall? Because he wasn't able to get I think they got something a little bit of money for a fence somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well, and but, then a
2: lot of stuff that he's saying is being built now because of him was stuff that was in the works years ago.
1: Yeah. And of course, he's been lying. He's been telling his people yeah. that the wall's already being built. I mean, I, I found it so entertaining um, in the uh, in the rally that he did the other yeah. day in El Paso, where all in one sentence, he basically said, don't worry about it. We're going to build the wall. And then like a second later, like a millisecond later, there was hardly any space between we're going to build the wall. Don't worry about it. And- Oh, we've already built the wall. Right, (laughs) so. People are going, who? You know, and they they still
2: believe it. it's just like, dude. It's like this this arena holds eight thousand people. Thank you, fire department, for letting ten thousand people and then thirty thousand people. So it's like, first off, no fire department would ever go over capacity on anything.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: One person over, you're getting shut down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Beto O'Rourke ended up with ten to fifteen thousand yeah. people at his rally, and he was uh, well, in trouble. So, yeah, it's only only two hundred or three hundred people over there. And mm-hmm. and but you know, all he has to do is say shit and all of the red hats go bananas. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. But as I was saying to Buzz Burbank the other day, and I don't want to dig into that, that rally again, but just a matter of course here he was saying some of the most horrible things I've ever heard him say and you could tell that he's in 2020 campaign mode that he's trying desperately I mean this is a desperate embattled Donald Trump who needs his people to be so frothingly crazy I mean, absolutely rabid that he was
0: going there. Mur- the Democrats are murdering babies in their cribs and they're getting away with it. Murders, murders, kill, murders, murders. He was just, murders, yeah. murders, murders, killings, murders. Right. So that is that is your president. That is the president of the United States mm-hmm. inciting panic mm-hmm. and hatred
1: and fear among his people, and, oh, don't worry about it, they're heavily armed. <laughs> what, <laughs> what? You know, what Jesus What could possibly Christ. go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we're in for a uh, stupid season to last the whole year, and mm. then the whole next year. So it's going to be lots of stupid season, as uh, Barack Obama used to call it. But uh, I'm sure, Jody, you saw this Andrew McCabe story that uh, everyone's yeah. talking about. This is a b- the big story of the day, and Donald Trump, naturally is all over Twitter screaming about it and whining about it and saying his usual little bumper sticker things about Andrew McCabe and the deeply convicted Democrats and the Lisa Strzok and her lover, Peter, whatever. You know, just like the same shit. Exactly, the same shit over and over again. But with Andrew McCabe, this is so tantalizing that in the days following the firing of James Comey, Andrew McCabe and some others at the Justice Department were trying to do kind of a head count among Trump's cabinet to figure out how much support could be generated for invoking the 25th Amendment and removing Donald Trump from office, which you go, you know, you look at alternate realities in all of this and you think about, well, what if the Russians weren't involved? What if uh, Donald Trump had dropped out after the uh, pussy grabbing tape? I mean, we think of all these alternate realities and that we're in the worst reality right now. Um, And one of the better realities could have been, okay, Trump gets elected. Uh, through the help of Russia, Trump gets inaugurated, Trump fires James Comey, and then wouldn't that have been great if if the cabinet had said, a majority of the cabinet Mm -hmm. with Mike Pence in tow right there, uh, removing Donald Trump from office using the 25th Amendment. And then, you know, the thing that I've been concerned about along these lines, with regard to the entire Trump regime, uh, is thinking in terms of people like President Erdogan of Turkey, Vladimir Putin, who uh, has uh, seized basically lifelong power in Russia, even after his term had expired years and years ago, he created a position for himself and then now permanently occupies that position. Well, the same goes for other despots around the world that Donald Trump is kind of modeling his presidency after. It doesn't take a a political scientist or an expert in international relations to see exactly what he's doing. And one of those things is the thing that I've been concerned most about is that Donald Trump is going to start viewing his opposition as being all part of a deep state coup against Donald Trump and his authority as president of the United States. And this would allow him this particular strategy on behalf of Donald Trump would allow him to do all kinds of terrible things. And all you got to do is look at President Erdogan of Turkey to see that as an example where there was a coup in Turkey and it was a legitimate attempt at a coup to remove Erdogan. And following that, subsequent to that coup attempt, Erdogan went around and started arresting dissidents, arresting everyone who he thought was involved in the coup. Mm -hmm. And, of course, once that happens, you could pretty much count on them, all these people being permanently disappeared, including, and this is all part of it, that attempt to get that cleric in the Poconos, who's living in the United States as a legal uh, uh, occupant of this country, And the Mike Flynn slash other Turkish officials conspiracy to kidnap him and drag him back to Turkey where he will be tortured and probably executed, if not uh, imprisoned for the rest of his life. And as we, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo kind of emphasizes the lovely and scenic Turkish prisons. (laughs) Yes. I mean, those are infamous now, aren't they? And so. This is the kind of model that I think Donald Trump is going to go with. And as we've seen over the last uh, five or six hours this morning, that they've already started going down that road of saying the words deep state coup. That narrative is now developing. Yes. Do you need to answer your phone? (laughs)
2: No, that's the fax machine. I actually have oh, a fax Oh, okay,
1: machine. okay. I was like excited. like The phone's ringing. Oh, who could it be? Could it be your mom? Oh, I have so
2: many phones, and and, I, and I, they all have answering machines. I don't do voicemail. <laughs>
1: do you have a red phone in a glass case that you open <laughs> it up, and it's it's your yes. mom? It's the Carol Burnett bat phone is what it is.
2: <laughs> so she puts up a light, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Much like Stephanie does, there's the J goes into the sky. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you saw, uh, speaking of uh, parents and children, I mean, we saw Donald Trump Jr. Uh, tweeting this morning about a deep state coup. I mean, this is the narrative uh-huh. that they're going with now, that this was a coup attempt. And, of course, if they knew anything about American history, if they knew anything about the Constitution, if they knew anything, period, they would know that the 25th Amendment is part of the U.S. Constitution as a remedy for a despotic mm-hmm. or crazy or in- incapacitated president. Right. And so, therefore, invoking that 25th Amendment can't possibly be termed as a coup attempt. We're just a, no. a coup d'etat and is, a, is an illegal attempt to remove the president by force or some other form of uh, illegal coercion right and that mm-hmm. is not what the 25th amendment is all about but they're going to conflate these two things despite the fact that and this is the problem this is how they undermine institutions in this country where they take something that's legal like the FBI or they take legal investigations like the special counsel's office or any number of these legal proceedings whether it's the eastern district of virginia the southern district of new york the the attorney general of new york state all of these investigations are perfectly legal and on the level with evidence to back them up, accumulated evidence and witnesses and on down the line. And they're defining all of these things as being some sort of coup attempt against Donald Trump or some sort of illegal move to strip him of his power and to be so deeply unfair to him, so unjust. And and this is the danger. This is where suddenly you get half the country going, well uh, 25th amendment is clearly an item in the constitution that allows a coup attempt to happen so therefore something right. that's legal and constitutional gets yes. the the line gets blurred between that and something that's completely illegal and uh, And wrong, and something we don 't do in this country, and that 's a that 's a coup d'etat right. and, so, and so therefore, the constitution the twenty fifth amendment the authority under the twenty fifth amendment becomes permanently undermined where mm-hmm. it 's now stigmatized, and so that 's the damage that occurs, and that 's how You know, I mean, we can go down a whole series of laws and a whole series of constitutional amendments. The 14th Amendment Citizenship Clause. Now, that's completely undermined because it's on the table for Donald Trump to to uh, to strike down. I mean, these are all things that are are so immensely dangerous that, of course, there's not a whole lot. That we can do while Donald Trump is is president other than to continue to uh, to backstop the investigations, make sure that we all get the word out that this is not illegal, that this is not a coup, that the 25th Amendment is explicitly I mean, it's, it's insane that we have to even say this. I know. You know, that the 25th Amendment is not a coup d'etat. It's just its not the same. It's writ, It was ratified. It was passed. Mm-hmm. It's legal. It's constitutional. Yep. It has been adjudicated in the court of public opinion, uh, through uh, state legislatures, in the ratification process, through Congress, and on down the line. It is part yep. of the Constitution. <sighs>
2: Well they don't like the constitution. They're the only thing they like in the constitution is the second amendment.
1: That's second amendment, right?
2: And they don't even like that how it's properly written. Yeah. They like to they like the expanded uh, definition of what the second amendment means not the well-regulated part they kind of don't like that yeah
1: exactly they skip over the first few you know the first phrasing of the uh the second amendment that's irrelevant but everything after that can't
2: be abridged
1: yeah all all that (laughs) crap about a uh you know about a uh, militia is just irrelevant Mm -hmm. you know well-regulated militia oh forget that part don't even read that part no
2: that's not that's not important right now
1: there's like the free press clause in the first amendment that oh it's irrelevant don't look over there Because it's fake news and they're the enemy of the people. That's So all of these sections of the Constitution, all of these laws and statutes and ways that we do things in this country get stripped away and undermined and then therefore the efficacy as something that we all universally think is necessary and that which we all support suddenly becomes something that is taboo that we we just right. can't go there so suddenly we really we I mean we've honestly faced the 25th amendment president for a long time now for the last two years where we have had a president who is out to launch he is disconnected from reality he is dangerous he is undermining American institutions and this is a case where the 25th amendment absolutely 100% applies we don't even have a firm sense of his mental stability because we can't get a clear read on his health from all the these people who are paid off to give him a glowing uh, review on his physical exam.
2: Well, I mean, Bob, he's never going to need another physical because he's going to live <laughs> the right. healthiest of anybody ever to have ever lived on the planet mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. I mean, I-, I don't know why you don't believe that a doctor can predict that come on
1: bob <laughs> well you know it is i will say this about the the brief evaluation that we got the other day where they said that the, the donald trump should be healthy enough to serve out his term and they said mm. and and beyond but serving healthy enough to serve out the rest of his term is actually something that's in a, a lot of presidential uh, physical reports
2: right no where, I, like I, yeah, is Barack I, obama Barack
1: obama is healthy enough to finish out his term um with Donald Trump however you know versus someone like Barack Obama or even George W Bush who was healthy mm-hmm. as a horse i mean the guy used to yes. ride his bike everywhere with Donald Trump, you, you have to actually question the validity of that because he doesn't look like a healthy guy. No. Uh, <laughs> and that's a gigantic understatement. Hashtag tennis shorts. Um, yeah, if he's
2: not diabetic, I'd be surprised.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really good uh, uh, observation. I wonder, I mean, you can't eat that much McDonald's. I mean, certainly no. the statins and whatever else, whatever medication he's on for cardiovascular health, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that seems to be, too. yeah, that seems to be, uh, 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 sandbagging any uh, damage to his uh, heart or or his cardio. But I mean, in terms of his uh, his sugars, (laughs) the the betis, diabetes
2: Um, and also probably cholesterol issues, I would imagine.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he does have medication for that. But I mean, what he doesn't what we haven't heard anything about is his, you know, his blood sugar and where that all lands. I mean, there's so many things that we haven't heard about because it's all just a gigantic fraud. And we know that Ronnie Jackson was, uh, you know, there was a quid pro quo there. There, And plus, there was Compromat there as well, too. Um, But so anyway, so back to uh, Andrew McCabe. Uh, One of the things McCabe says in this uh, 60 Minutes interview, he said, I was speaking to the man who had just... He was talking about Donald Trump. I was just speaking to the man who just won the election for the presidency and who might have done so with the aid of the Russian government, goddammit. You know, and we all... We all know what happened, but when you hear it from official circles, when people say it out loud, it never stops being shocking. You know, right. when you hear someone like Andrew McCabe, who is a profoundly serious uh, a federal bureaucrat, an agent for the FBI Uh, say something like this, or former agent for the FBI, say something along these lines where he is putting it in the clearest and simplest terms of what we face. It really is blindingly staggering to get that kind of assessment from someone that serious. It's just an an amazing thing. And uh, of course, we don't have all of the details from this interview yet. But McCabe says in this uh, interview that it was true that uh, uh, Rod Rosenstein was going to wear a wire and that he wasn't joking about it. Right. So he's still the deputy AG, and of course he's going to continue to cover his own ass. So that's why right. this is happening. And
2: at least until he gets out, because he's going to be there, what, another six weeks now that Barr's been confirmed, and he's going to name a new deputy AG?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I, mean, I was just going through this, uh, this rundown of this McCabe interview. At one point... Uh, uh, was it scott pelly from uh uh the 60 minutes said uh-huh. uh, said something to the effect of uh, they were counting noses they were not just asking cabinet members whether they would vote for or against removing the president but they were speculating this person would be with us this person would not be and they were counting noses in that effort i'd like to see i, I it doesn't say necessarily what the head count ended up being i'd be desperate to see who yeah. they thought was poachable, who they thought yeah. would back them up on the 25th Amendment, and whether that one of those people is Mike Pence. Because they would have, I mean, the FBI of all people would have information um, that the public wasn't necessarily privy to in terms of where Mike Pence is really landing on the overall issue of Donald Trump as president of the United States. Is Mike Pence really this sycophantic loyalist? Or is he someone who's just kissing ass to keep his eyes out. Because remember the, the Lodestar controversy. Remember that uh-huh. op-ed that was written and published about how there's an effort inside the administration to try to keep Donald Trump away from the suicide switch, keep him away from the shiny, jolly, candy-like red button that will uh, <laughs> initiate a global thermonuclear war. Um, and he, and the, the word Lodestar was included in that article, which led us to believe that maybe it was Mike Pence. So, I mean what does the FBI know about which cabinet officials think that Donald Trump is not suitable to continue serving as president or was not in the wake of the Comey firing? Mm-hmm. I'd be dying to know those names. I'm not sure. I don't know if you've seen anything along those lines, Jody, but uh, I'm just, I've been skimming the articles and, and they really don't go into detail about... right you know, who was uh, who was gettable in that headcount.
2: I, my guess would be, you know, because uh, it's the cabinet and the VP, right? That's how that works. And then it has to yeah. go to Congress and get approved, doesn't it?
1: I think it's merely a vote among the cabinet. There are two different ways that you can inv- invoke the 25th Amendment. Oh, okay. there, there, I think there can be a congressional vote, and I believe uh-huh. that there, there's also a, a separate avenue uh, with just the cabinet voting to remove. So uh,
2: I, I would bet... Um, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, because he wouldn't be awake long enough to know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, against the president, probably. Um, what's his face from Texas? Who I can't remember the third thing. Um, <laughs> or he's our Secretary of Energy. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. he would have done it too, Rick Perry. Rick Perry. Um, anybody that ran against him <laughs> that he put on the cabinet probably would. Yeah. Um, just because they are, they just are in it for what they're in it. Maybe Elaine Chao. Um, yeah,
1: that could be, too. Right?
2: You know, there's probably not the whole cabinet, but uh, enough for them to go, okay, let's see what we got here, see if yeah. there's are enough. Because it is it a majority of the cabinet or the entire cabinet?
1: Well, here's Section 4 of the 25th Thank Amendment. You. It says here, whenever, you. whenever the vice president and a majority of either majority. the principal offer, officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tem of the Senate and the speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. The vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Okay, so whenever the vice president and a majority of either the cabinet or or another body as congress may by law provide so it's either or so it could right. be either congress or a majority of the principal officers of the executive part which is of course the cabinet thereafter right. when the president transmits to the president pro tem of the senate and the speaker of the house of representatives his written declaration that no inability exists he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either the the, the cabinet or of this other congressional body transmit within four days to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session, if the if the Congress within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration, or if Congress is not in session, within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, determines by two-thirds vote of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. The vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. So there seems to be a a limitation in terms of how long something like this can go on.
2: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, because if the president is, is incapacitated, we have to make this decision rather quickly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So, I mean, it's been obvious, I think, from all of us observing from the very beginning, even long, long before the election, which is, again, why we were all freaking, about, uh, freaking out about the Electoral College, mm-hmm. which is like- you know,
2: They did know. not do their job.
1: Exactly right. This is the body that's supposed to p- prevent someone like Donald Trump from rising to president on the like populist whimsy of the mob. You know, mm-hmm. That's one of the defining characteristics- of the Electoral College as it was established by the founders. I mean, the founders didn't want, you know, direct popular elections. They wanted something in between because of, well, you know, all the usual rich white landowner biases that you can can imagine back there. But they did have a, a strong point in this, which is that there can arise despots who appeal to the basest instincts of their constituency and are therefore dangerous to the uh, you know the safe and fair running of the federal government whatever whatever the the language was in the various federalist papers and so on Mm -hmm. and so that was the intention and so it's not it's not something that is uh illegal it's not something that is uh, a coup attempt in any stretch of the imagination but We've just come to believe, and this is how institutions get undermined, we've just come to believe that the Electoral College is just a technicality, and we go through it, and they rubber stamp the popular vote, and we just move on. There's no, we have long since undermined the ability of the Electoral College to actually say, no, you can't do this, because we've never been faced with someone as fucking crazy as Donald Trump.
2: Right. Right. No, they definitely, I mean, in December of of 2016, there was an opportunity (laughs) for the electors to say, you know what, we don't, because most, a a lot of electors are not required to vote by way of their state. Mm -hmm. Not every state disallows that either. Um, So I know there was one elector, I believe, in Washington state that voted for Bernie Sanders.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I mean, the rest of the state went to, to Hillary Clinton, but I think that one elector up there voted for Sanders and some, you know, there are a few that defected, but obviously not in a good way. And, yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I think California, you're pledged by whatever the vote is, mm-hmm. um, but other states, I'm not sure. I know that not every state you have to vote by way of what the popular
1: vote was. Well, now that you can
2: have have your own independence that it's basically it's how the people voted is a suggestion.
1: Yeah. Right, right. But now we've got D.C. and 11 other states uh, with Colorado on the way in Uh which they're signing on to this national popular vote pact where uh, it's becoming state law in all these states that their electoral votes will go to the winner of the national popular popular vote. vote. Yeah, I think
2: it's I think what each I believe California signed on to that, too. But I think. Each state has agreed that only to the point where at least 270 electors, you know, states that equal it to at least 270, mm-hmm. will that go into effect. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's less than 270, it's not going to matter.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, then the effort becomes okay. Well, all these states are undermining Donald Trump. All these states mm-hmm. are, you know, it's just it's again, this is how institutions get destroyed. I mean, that seems mm-hmm. to be the theme so far of the show today. The just the reaction to. Using legal means to remove despots from the mm-hmm. presidency, in particular this despot, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're trying to tear it down in order to protect their guy, and uh, and of course they're not thinking this all the way through because you know mm-hmm. what there can be a democratic despot, there can be mm-hmm. someone rising up in the Democratic Party who all uses all the populist tropes. It'll just be left leaning, uh, but it'll be nevertheless, uh, you know, maybe just. Is crazy maybe someone who's got severe mental problems who's mm-hmm. unspooled on a regular basis like donald trump is who rises to power on the democratic side and then all of these idiots all of these red hats who are defending donald trump are going to have to say oh well wait a minute uh, we actually hate the electoral college now we liked mm-hmm. it when donald trump was you know maybe threatened by electoral college that was going to swing the other way but now we we hate the electoral college and oh by the way we love the twenty fifth Amendment. We think the twenty fifth amendment Well let's pass a second one. Why not? You know Oh yeah, it- I
2: mean yeah it's it's well that's the whole thing why he couldn't have as much as he wanted to declare a national emergency over the last month and a half because it was so much of an emergency with the wall the reason that he didn't do it somebody kept telling him if you do this then the you know a democrat could come in and god forbid deal with climate change (laughs)
1: yeah yeah you know i mean
2: that's that's exactly that's why he didn't do it Mm -hmm. i think he was fine somebody was like don't do this because then their side can do something good like medicare for all
1: yeah you know
2: um so that's that's I think the only reason he did not pull that at this point. I mean, he has till midnight tonight, I suppose.
1: Well, they at least have some sense of what a bridge too far might be. They at least know they've gotten up to a certain line that they will not cross. And I'm talking specifically of uh, Mitch McConnell pulling the nuclear option and eliminating the filibuster on all legislation, which is just uh, going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, obviously he's pulled the nuclear option when it comes to Supreme Court justices mm-hmm. and other judges. Uh, there is no filibuster on budget related legislation. But when it comes to actual laws, it's entirely possible that they will eventually go there, but they're not going to go there. If they're smart, because of course they're not always going to be in power in the United States Senate. In fact, I'm—I strongly believe in hashtag Don't Get Happy. I strongly believe that the Democrats are going to take the Senate, uh, if not the presidency too. And I'm f- desperately hoping they're going <laughs> to. So one of yeah. these people is going to defeat Donald Trump in 2020 if Trump even makes it that far. But uh, I think it's a very strong chance that the Democrats are going to take the Senate in 2020. And uh, and when that happens, if Mitch McConnell before then eliminates the legislative filibuster, then mm-hmm. the Republicans are going to have zero power when the Democrats mm-hmm. take the Senate, uh, fingers crossed, in 2020. So they know that that's a possibility. And so therefore, I don't think Mitch McConnell is willing to go that far, Although knock on wood, you, you, you never, never know. know with him.
2: He's he, he's uh, he's he could say at the end of this term for him because he's up for election. Yeah, correct in twenty twenty. Yep. Um. Uh. He could just say, "I'm retiring." Blow <laughs> it up before he leaves.
1: Yeah, he could be just like uh, blowing up the bridge as he crosses it. Yeah, that's yeah. totally it. I mean, I, I it would just be it would be phenomenally stupid of him. But again, remember that these people are desperately compromised by Russia. They're I mean, right. they, they Donald Trump could have dossiers on every member of the gang of Eight. I mean, he could mm-hmm. have uh, a dossier on Mitch McConnell. We know that Mitch McConnell has taken millions from Len Bolvatnick and uh, possibly other Russians. We know Richard Burr has taken money from Russians. We we know about a lot of compromising information when it comes to uh, Russia and the possibility that Donald Trump is somehow strong-arming his own people on the Republican side, inside uh, the United States Senate, even including... (laughs) Lindsey Graham, of course, you know (laughs) But uh, before we talk about all that, Jody Let's talk about our friend Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles The official Candles of the Stephanie Miller Show, and of course, we feel like we're like a satellite of the Stephanie Miller Show, uh, so orbiting rapidly as, as much as we can, the Stephanie Miller Show. Uh, so, of course, we love to talk about Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles. They're all natural soy wax candles in steel containers made by hand by Chris Lavoie, who's now the incoming... Uh, what's his new job? What's his new job? General, general manager? manager. Yes, general manager so. of uh, SM Productions, which is the parent company of the Stephanie Miller show. So uh, they're all made by Chris Lavoie uh, in his steel containers with masculine scents, specifically masculine scents like leather, blood orange, hunting lodge. Each candle is poured by Chris Lavoie's mighty hands. And of course, he's not—he's uh, not selling any lavender candles because he hates that crap. The leather uh, uh, scent smells like a broken-in baseball glove, or of course, maybe a harness if you're into those things. Uh, Blood orange sends a deep, complex citrus scent into the air. Hunting lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey. That sounds amazing. Humidor smells like unsmoked type—a uh, pipe tabasco, tobacco. God, why don't I try that sentence again? You can speak. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco, earthy with hints of cherry and cognac campfire brings the scent of a crackling campsite blaze indoors roast a marshmallow over it freshly cut grass which is my favorite brings the clean smell of a freshly mown lawn indoors without the allergies and mojito is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum chris is using his bulbous pectorals to create some of the best smelling candles (laughs) i've I've ever ever whiffed so when you shop make sure i've got a, a freshly cut grass candle sitting right here on my desk uh so when you shop make sure you click the banded masculine link at bobsesca.com just below the logo right at the top of the page and we get a small commission from every candle you purchase and while you're clicking and shopping make sure to use our amazon link also just beneath the logo at bobseska.com using our link will take you to the front page of amazon where you shop as normal but because you used our link we receive a small commission on some of your purchases and by the way i assume now every purchase on amazon provides a little bit more money for jeff bezos to completely screw over donald trump and david pecker so there's He's- an extra bonus incentive for yeah, whoever thought that
2: that people would get behind Jeff Bezos.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But you know what? Look, I'll take it. I'm with him. You know, I'm, I'm 100%
2: behind him. I hope he buys the magazine, closes it down. Yep. And then everybody that has committed a crime is is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because they, they've been doing this for years. And, yeah. um, uh, I'm, they finally messed with the wrong guy.
1: Exactly right. And besides, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Thank you, in, <laughs> thank you in advance for shopping Band of the Masculine Candles and using our Amazon link. Okay, that's all. The
0: Bob Seska Show. Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: It's our Thursday show with the great Jody Hamilton from the uh, from the Stephanie Miller Show and from the from the Bunker Podcast. This is <laughs> Brian this, Adams. You are playing Brian Adams. Yeah, this is not Ryan Adams. This is <laughs> Brian Adams the 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 nice, the talented
2: uh, one. The nice, the one. talented
1: one. The nice Canadian boy. Yes. Oh uh, God. Uh, you know, I love this <laughs> I love this album so much when I was like 13 great years old, singer. 12 years old. Great singer, yeah. great singer. Um, okay, so you, had, you actually had a run-in. Well, let's talk about Ryan Adams and that <laughs> for, for just a, a quick second, because I know you had a, uh, had a family run-in with Ryan sure. Adams. That's, and that's a nice way of saying it. So, so first of all, he has been uh, accused of...
2: Apparently texting and sexting with somebody underage.
1: Oh, Jesus God.
2: Uh, over 3,000 texts is what I believe the New York Times article said. I, I mean, um, A no, friend of a friend of mine is one of the people that helped get this story told. Nice. he screwed her over, too. Um, and so was he
1: kn- knowingly texting with an underage girl?
2: According to the article, he would ask her how old she was, and at times she, she would lie, basically, because she was only like 14 or 15 years old. So I think yeah. she was saying she was 18 or 19. But the fact is that he was asking her suggests that he knew she wasn't 18. Oh, God. Because why would you ask somebody how old they are? I mean, it doesn't even come into my brain thought to ask somebody how old they are because I assume I'm talking to an adult.
1: Just the question just circulates in my head over and over again when we hear these stories. Why, why, why? Ryan Adams, who is otherwise on the top of the world... You know, I mean, all of these people—whether we're talking about Brian Singer or Bill Cosby or Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey or Louis C.K. You're on top of the fucking world. What is wrong with you? Well, he's he's
2: an evil, rotten scumbag.
1: Yeah, I, Scott, uh, I saw this. Let, let's talk about uh, the the run-in that your late sister had with uh, Ryan Adams. Uh, it, years started,
2: ago. it started. It um, started. In 2001, they, they met through, I want to say it was Lucinda Williams, but I'm not 100% sure. This is
1: your sister, Carrie? Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: and Because she and Lucinda were friends, and Lucinda was friends with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, I think that's how they first were introduced, but I'm not 100% on that, because we were in New Mexico when she first started talking to him a lot on the phone. Yeah. And he seemed to Sweet, and they were having love, like she would put him on speakerphone with me, and I'd hear it, and you know he seemed nice. And he wasn't—he
1: wasn't really famous at that point, was no, he? No, not I don't even close. He yeah. was
2: being courted. He, hes very—he's good at being charming. I'll mm-hmm. give him that. Except he did not charm me. I was instantly—I mean, once. <laughs> so uh, we get home from uh, New Mexico, and my brother and my mom and I start working on my mom's showstopper special. And this is right when Carrie is finding out that she's got lung cancer. Oh my God. and so um I and Ryan was coming out to visit her and quote take care of her after her biopsy mm-hmm. so I'm at work with my brother and, and uh, my mom is at the hospital with Carrie and Ryan was there and Carrie gets her biopsy and then they go back to Carrie's place and he uh I get a call the next day at work and uh, Carrie literally you know they did surgery on her <laughs> lung you know she was coughing she wasn't feeling she was in pain yada 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 she calls me at work and she's like uh i, I can't eat any, can you come over and bring me something sure why not i said where's what's ryan doing and she and this is like at noon mm-hmm. and she says he's sleeping and i said why is he sleeping well he was up all night wh- you know because i was coughing i'm like so he's there to take care of you so in- instantly i was mad because yeah. the whole point of him being there was to take care of her, and he wasn't doing that. Yeah. And so I go over there. I leave work. Luckily, I was working with family, <laughs> so I could split. Mm-hmm. And I brought her a very soft lunch to eat because it hurt to swallow. I was uh, there for four hours. He didn't get up until after I left at about four thirty-five in the afternoon. Yeah. And um, then the next day, uh, Carrie calls and says, "Hey, I just ordered some sushi. Can you and my niece was living here. Can you and Rachel can pick it up and and um." And well, you can meet Brian. I'm like, okay, sure. So Rachel goes and picks it up, and because she was on her way home from work, cost about it was like eighty dollars worth of sushi. Mm-hmm. She pays for it. We go up to Carrie's house and sit down, and and uh, Carrie Carrie offers to pay, and I said, no, no, no. Brian didn't even offer to pay for it, and I said, hey, Ryan, why don't you kick kick in some money for this? Mm-hmm. And he reluctantly did. Hmm. Um, and from and then he had the audacity after Carrie died he was his first or second record was coming out, and he used his experience with Carrie to to get sympathy he 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 that week that he spent with her was the only time he was with her
1: <laughs> Jesus
2: and he had promised to uh, they had talked about him moving out here and they were going to lease a house together for like thirty three hundred dollars a month a lot of money Carrie couldn't afford that on her own. Mm-hmm. And, um, he not only never signed the lease, my mother ended up taking over that lease for Carrie. Uh. Um, he was supposed to fly out here. Now he's in New York. So there's a good five hours of airtime flying across the country. You know, mm. she leaves to go pick him up after canceling a chemo appointment to go pick him up at LAX. Oh my which God. She drives there. He's not on the plane. He never called. <sighs> he had more than enough time to call her and go, Hey, I'm not coming.
1: So he, he's, he's like ghosting her. Oh my god.
2: And his manager was the last communication she had with him. Hmm. Uh he promised he was going to marry I mean it was just like I, I when he when that article in Entertainment Weekly came out I I was livid. And um I wrote that letter to have them publish it. And um I got a phone call from not neither one of the writers it was somebody in their you know editorial end called me cuz I I took it out but my phone number and address obviously were in the letter. And um, the guy calls me up on the phone. He says, so are you really Carol Burnett's daughter and Carrie Hamilton's sister? And I said, yeah, feel free to you know, call my mom's people mm-hmm. you know, to confirm that. Um, and, and he started talking to me about it. He goes, so this is really true? And I said, yeah, it's really true. He wasn't there. He's a piece of shit. He's a liar, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll kick it upstairs, but I'm not sure if they're going to print it. And they never printed my letter. Oh now my it's God. on Twitter.
1: Wow! Yeah, and you. Just, I noticed you posted it. This is a uh, this letter is really, really compelling as uh, as an indictment of Ryan Adams and his character, yeah. mm-hmm. um, where he's basically exploiting your sister, even though he completely ghosted her right mm-hmm. in the midst, like one week into her cancer treatment. Is that is that what I'm getting? It from was.
2: The- she was getting. She had been biopsied. They had diagnosed her, and he split. But she even told him, she said, look, if you can't handle this, which is an understandable thing to not be able to handle, I get that. If Mm -hmm. you can't handle somebody going through this, you need to walk away. But you need to let them know you're walking away. Hmm. Had he just said, look, I can't handle this and walked away, I would be fine with that. That's an understandable reaction to trauma. Mm -hmm. But uh, he didn't do that. And then he tried to exploit her death and get sympathy. There's a story, a friend of mine named Amy. There was about a month or two after... Carrie died mm-hmm. that various parts of the country he would run into people that knew Carrie, and wow. get yelled at in public.
1: As it sure he got yelled.
2: Uh, yeah, he got yelled at in the bank here in Burbank. <laughs> then he went to the beauty bar in Hollywood where a friend of mine was bartending where I almost stopped by that night too. I was like, maybe I should come by. It was good I didn't because I probably would have punched him. Mm-hmm. And then another friend of mine in New York uh, ran into Bob Gruen, who was a good friend of Carrie's. And uh, for those of your listeners who don't know, Bob Gruen took that uh, iconic photograph of John Lennon in the glasses with the New York shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was very close with John Lennon and he's very close with Yoko. And um, my friend Amy saw Bob and uh, told him what Ryan had done because Bob was set up, was going to start doing some photographing of Ryan at Yoko's request because he was kind of getting into this New York thing and all these musicians and writers thought he was fantastic and yada yada yada. And um so when my friend Amy told Bob what he did to Carrie, Bob told Yoko and Yoko told Ryan to go fuck himself. Wow. I mean and when you're when when Yoko Ono says fuck you, yeah. There goes New York.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know? And so, I mean, that's when his star started to go down, too, is because, like, all of a sudden, now you've got super duper famous people. Lucinda Williams, he did something to her. She started to, you know, talk, speak the truth. Parker Posey, he dated her before Carrie. I mean, all these women, and then poor Mandy Moore. Does, I mean, does Parker um,
1: Posey have a story? Um, I'm, about sure him? Oh. I'm sure she does.
2: I'm um, sure she does. Because he just, he's like, he'll propose and talk, tell these women they're his muse. That was a big one, Mm. Um, and I'm sure he did that with Mandy Moore, the poor thing. She used to live down the street with him from Stephanie, Yeah. and every time I would go over there before they divorced, I'd be like, if I see him, he's going to run scared. Yeah. Um, He's lucky he hasn't seen me in person over the years because it's, I mean, when he got yelled at in the bank by a friend of ours, she said that he just didn't know what to do and the people around him didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. because there was nothing not true that she was saying. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Bob Gruen thing really helped, you know, because I have friends that don't even know who he is, you know, but he's got this ego that's out. Of, he thinks he's going to win a lawsuit against the New York Times. That's funny.
1: And so the story with these allegations now mm-hmm. involving uh, uh, Mandy Moore and mm-hmm. uh, and others. Um,
2: well, he married Mandy. Super I mean, and she Oops. said that he um, uh, was so. Uh, controlling of her yeah um and so, th- so the best thing that ever happened to hers was divorcing him i was glad when she did
1: right so this uh for, for nearly two decades ryan adams one of the most prolific singer-songwriters of his generation has been heralded as a mercurial creative genius and a respected industry tastemaker equal parts punk rock folk hero and romantic troubadour uh adams age 44 has 16 albums seven grammy nominations to his name he has overseen music by willie nelson tim mcgraw john meyer uh, John Mayer, John Meyer, what, how, how out of touch am I? <laughs> Jesus.
2: Kids today and their
1: names. Yeah, um, there's a darker reality they're describing here. In interviews, seven women, more than a dozen associates, described a pattern of manipulative behavior in which Adams mm-hmm. dangled career opportunities uh-huh. while simultaneously pursuing female artists for sex. In some cases, mm-hmm. they said he would turn domineering and vengeful, jerking away his offers of support when spurned, and subjecting women to emotional and verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. And harassment in texts and on social media. The accounts have been corroborated by family members or friends who were present at the time, as well as by correspondence from Adams, uh, reviewed by the New York Times. Um, it goes on and on here. Uh, it, it doesn't look like you know, like some form of sexual assault or rape or anything. Not, mm-hmm. not quite. Um, like uh, certainly not Bill Cosby or, or Louis C.K. No. But, but this is just nasty coercive behavior.
2: Mm-hmm. And then that 14-year-old, he was texting with her for a couple and then, of years. Yeah,
1: and then this so there's that added girl. bonus
2: of that. He's 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 Here's- a horrible, horrible person, and I hope he gets everything coming to him.
1: Yeah, there was uh, Adams began corresponding online with a fan, Ava, in 2013. She was a 14-year-old bass player, already forging a career. Um, the Times has reviewed extensive communication between the two, including 3,200 text messages that yeah. exchanged over a nine-month period when Ava was 15 and 16. God damn damn it god damn it that is that's fucking horrible
2: that's like five texts easily a day yeah this
1: this reminds me you know this reminds me of it reminds me a combination of louis ck and john crick felusi or john chris felusi i think Mm -hmm. john k from the ren and stimpy show um was doing this kind of thing with underage girls coercing them offering them career advice taking them under his wing with the sole purpose of having sexual relationships with these underage girls uh-huh. And uh well, you can also throw in Roy Moore in there if you want to. It's a yeah. similar kind of thing, similar, similar genre. And uh and then manipulating all of these other women, and then of course the story of your uh sister, you know, working her way, you know, your entire family working its way through uh, you know, the tragedy of of cancer and lung cancer of all things, which is even more harrowing than than most, um, and, and then having to deal with this. This guy who you know uh, just crushed her in the in the process. Yeah,
2: I mean, luckily she she ended up getting back together with her boyfriend before Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. and then our friend Pat Briggs, and then my niece Rachel. They all lived together in that the house that she was supposed to be with Ryan in. Yeah, and um, they took care of her, and I think. Jesus, I mean, Danny, her, her fiancé, he's an Australian, texted me about the story yesterday. Right. You know, he's like, hey, I'm in Australia, but I saw that's good for, good, good for the New York Times, you know. I got yeah. so many emails about it. And my mom didn't know that I had written that letter to Entertainment Weekly, so I sent it to her yesterday. I said, look, I've already posted it on Twitter. I <laughs> Just uh-huh. wanted to let you know, just in case somebody calls you about it, yeah. that I did this. And she said, no, good for you.
1: Uh, your mom still, I assume your mom still has a publicist. Probably yes. his or her phone is ringing off the hook today, I imagine.
2: It could be. I mean, it's just whenever I do something that I know people know my relationship to her, yeah. that it could, she could get a phone call on it. I want to let her know about it mm-hmm. um, so that she's not thrown off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, I sent her the letter and I said, look, I, I had to put it out there because I'm angry and this is pissing me off. And I think that his his accusers... The people that are saying these things about him need to know that I support them and I have a similar story.
1: Yeah, so so basically, y- your mom's publicist and probably Brian Adams' publicist is getting a lot <laughs> of calls today. I-, I wouldn't want to necessarily be Brian Adams. Well, the okay, Canadian you know the story.
2: For- you know the story of Ryan throwing somebody out of, I believe, the Wiltern?
1: No, I don't know that story. And
2: he, I think he did it at least once, um, maybe more than t- more than once. I know he did it for sure at the Wiltern. Um, he was performing at the Wiltern years and years ago. Mm. And somebody yelled during a lull in the set. He wasn't singing or whatever. And somebody yelled, summer of 69.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. I'm sure
0: and he, he had that.
2: the guy escorted out of the theater. Ah,
1: what a dick. Oh, what a mm-hmm. dick. He totally I'm sorry, but if that. your name
2: is Ryan Adams, either change it or learn Brian Adams hits.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah,
2: Because people are going to do that to you by virtue of your name. And Brian Adams is way before you and big. And so it's like, learn a couple of his hits. Do it. It's funny.
1: And of course, you know he's doing a whole Ralph Northam thing here, where first he's, right? First he's pissed, then he's contrite, and then he's pissed again. It's like here he said uh, initially his reaction to the Times reporting was. Uh, that he did not have the power to make or break careers and categorically denied the uh, extremely serious and outlandish accusations in the New York Times article. And then he turns around and uh, posts a bunch of tweets in which he apologizes. He says, I'm not a perfect man, and I have made my mistakes to anyone I have hurt. However, unintentionally, I apologize deeply and unreservedly. Uh, And then he goes on and on here. And then he said he was going to sue them. Right, right.
2: (laughs) He's just, he's, he's...
1: Which is, yeah, again, another reverse after apologizing.
2: Well, and just because he didn't have the power to make or break careers doesn't mean he didn't have connections that were of use to others, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on
1: well of course he's got all kinds of influence and you know the the music industry now more than ever is basically just the mafia it's, it's, it's not literally that I mean it used to be kind of literally that but now it's like the mafia has become institutionalized and uh, and, and if you know one person in the music industry you can very easily uh, get a lot of other people blacklisted it's just very it's not that
2: it's, difficult yeah it's all. mired
1: in turmoil and, and just bad business I've never seen the, the TV the TV industry, the movie industry are like a cakewalk compared to the corruption of the music yeah. industry and the problems that are there. So, yeah, it's completely within the realm of possibility that this guy had the power and the pull to be able to uh, to ruin certainly some careers. If he to to. Not
2: necessarily ruin it, but certainly to derail it for enough time yeah. more than that person. You know, whatever. yeah, I guess
1: that's that's all it takes. Timing is everything. All you have to do is yeah. derail someone's career for a couple of weeks and that may be their entire window.
2: Exactly. Jesus God. It's nothing. You know, so, you know, I I just, uh, if he did commit the crimes that he's accused of with that young girl, I Mm. hope he gets prosecuted. I hope that the New York uh, police or wherever it happened are looking into this because that is serious and- and He's well, just an awful person, and this couldn't have happened to a nicer guy.
1: On behalf of the normals, on behalf of the normals among uh, among us men, I apologize for this fucking crackpot <laughs> and, and the way he uh, fucked with your sister. That's just a horrible, horrible story at a horrible, horrible time in all of your lives. I can't even imagine what your mom was going through uh, through all of that, what you may have been going through. Uh, what your your sister Erin was going through, what what you all were going through. I mean, it's a you have a large, large family mm-hmm. of of uh, of sisters and uh, and step and so on that you're all impacted by this guy who um was you know just completely doing a mind screw on your sister at the worst mm-hmm. time of her life. Yeah, and it's just a uh, terrible, 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 terrible stories. Um, okay, well, you know, I want to thank everyone for indulging us, because this is not politics. It's not, I know, it's not politics, but I never said that this show is going to be exclusively politics 100% of the time. I think this is an important story, and obviously uh, Jody has some insight. Here I'm getting all, you know, indignant, and everyone yeah. may be like, why, Bob? We... we you know, we it's needed your to show, hear Bob. this. You can do what you want. <laughs> I know it is. Thank you. Um, and, and this is, I absolutely wanted to talk about this because, again, this is something that uh, obviously we've been hearing a lot about. It is the time now that, that things are are finally changing. Uh, and, and thank God for it. And uh, again, it's just, you know, you hear these stories, and I just I feel embarrassed to be a man. I feel embarrassed, especially to be a white man or a, a white middle aged man. Well, you know, uh, you, you're all an
2: this. ally, Bob. So, you know, there are more of you than there are of Ryan's and others. So,
1: well, I, I hope that. that is true, though. I don't always see it. You know, Kimberly and I talk about this all the time. And I'm not trying to turn this into something about me because it's really not. <laughs> it's your show, Bob. Well, it is. But at the same time, <laughs> it's not about me necessarily. But again, I, I, you know, when I hear these stories, it, none of it is a surprise to me because I have I have heard from men. Uh, Some of whom I have known personally who have these predispositions to be abusive toward women, maybe not necessarily physically, but in other ways where there is a lack of respect. There is a lack of uh, decency. um, There is certainly discussions of bad behavior sexually and otherwise that uh, that I rather have not have heard. But, you know, since I have heard them, it's certainly given me an insight into uh, how a lot of men feel about uh, the women who surround them, and, and the just the awful things that they do and say. Whether it's a psychological form of abuse or a physical right. form of abuse, or something sexually demeaning, whether it's language or uh, what have you, and it's it's just uh, it, it's embarrassing. And it's um, it, it, while at the same time it's not shocking. It's still shocking. It's shocking, but not shocking.
2: Right. I mean, Kimberly posted something today on her Facebook page that some guy was asking her a very lewd thing, and I just wrote yeah. incel. You know, he's an mm. incel. He's, he's you know... That, oh, that's yeah, the yeah. one thing about this this whole thing of incels. It's like, dude, I was involuntarily celibate all on and off through most of my life, so I never wanted to hurt anybody or kill anybody or take it out on anybody. It's just like, come on, dudes. Why, why do they yeah. get the... Uh,
1: yeah, I know, I know, and I know who the I know who you're talking about. There was someone who jumped into yeah. her uh, comments on her Facebook, uh-huh. who actually said uh, who who asked her if she spit or swallowed. Right. And it was just like you know. And I I I found the guy's Facebook page. His name is Paul Jolly J O L L E Y.
2: Really? He doesn't sound so jolly. He's
1: not very jolly at all. Um. In fact, his profile pic he looks like he's an older man, probably in his late 60s or so, and he's got like a purple banner underneath that says, "I am pro life," of course, and then yeah. <laughs> so you you can kind of assume what kind of guy this is. He's from Laporte, Texas He LaPorte, lives in Texas. Dauphin, Alabama. I didn't even know that was a place. Sounds like a Star Wars location. Many Dothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> uh, no, these are Dothan, Alabama. That's an actual place. So yeah, Paul Jolly, J O L L E Y. It'd be a shame if our listeners, you know, descended upon his Facebook page and told him where to stick it. So uh, I'm just saying, don't do that. I'm not telling don't you to that. go do it. No. You know, but if you decide to do, do it, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you not to. So. No. So, um, <laughs> all right, we know what, we're going to take a short break We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, politics and a little more It's going to be a little, little bit of a longer show today But so be it, it's my show, right? Yeah, it's your show <laughs> See, I have the power Okay, all right, back after these words
3: Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands dry And Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So, if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster, then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop ass products, including body whip and soap, at bubblegenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear?
0: Bob Seska! is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Yes, it is. Thank you, Buzz. Jody Hamilton is here from the Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so, Alex Jones is going to have to be deposed. Oh, you know, I wanted to say before we talk about Alex Jones, thank you for sharing the story, Jody. Uh, it, again, uh, my heart goes out to you guys, you and your, your family, having to deal with that, having this uh, well back up again with all of this controversy surrounding Ryan Adams years after you had to deal with mm-hmm. it initially so uh just uh, uh but i do appreciate your openness and, and your willingness to to bring this onto the show and, and to talk over it it's just it's got to be it's got to be hard it's got to be tough for you and I, I totally get it
2: yeah i'm just glad mandy moore's out of it so
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well let's let's talk about alex jones we're talking no, about mid, middle-aged white guys who are assholes and and destructive alex jones this is actually really good news Because, you know, this case where Alex Jones is being uh, sued for basically saying that the uh, Sandy Hook children never existed, that Mm -hmm. they were, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? Tragedy actors? Uh, uh, Yeah, crisis actors. Crisis actors, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and basically suggesting that it was all a, a false flag in order for Barack Obama to propose all kinds of gun control legislation, which he absolutely did. You, know, you, know, you saw all that legislation. They came grabbing the guns right away. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Of course, no, they didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They tried to get new background checks uh, in the form of an amendment to expanding background checks on internet sales and, and gun show sales. And they couldn't even fucking do that with 20 kindergartners shot in cold blood along with, what was it, six of their teachers? Jesus, God, it it wouldn't even happen then. Um, But but fortunately, there's some change in that uh, right now happening in the House where they just passed Mm -hmm. uh, some background checks, legislation out of the Judiciary Committee. But uh, regardless, so Alex Jones is being sued by the Sandy Hook families, and now a judge has ruled that he has to be deposed under oath which is fucking great. I want film of this. A Connecticut judge has ruled that InfoWars host Alex Jones must undergo sworn a sworn deposition in the defamation case brought against him by family members of Sandy Hook school shooting victims. Discussion on Jones' web show of, uh, called the Sandy Hook Elementary School Massacre a hoax, and lawsuits by families of eight victims and a first responder say they've been subjected to harassment and death threats from Jones's followers. And, of course, Ches and I were directly involved in that, and including my dad. I mean, talk about yeah. a, a harrowing event for a family. I mean, one of these yahoos showed up at my dad's front door thinking my dad was me. At the time, I lived in Hawaii, but my dad lives in Virginia. My Mm -hmm. dad and I have the same name. Mm. Don't get any ideas, people. Uh, But he's also Bob Seska. So this guy, this lunatic, Alex Jones supporter, shows up at his door, knocking on his door, saying that he's got uh, the signs, the memorial signs, from a bunch of different Sandy Hook memorial uh, playgrounds that were set up. I passed along all that information to Chez, and Chez wrote up a, a couple of... Just gigantic bombshell news stories about this guy and mm-hmm. uh, and the signs he was stealing and what he was doing. I mean, he, there were photographs and everything that, that Chez got his hands on. So some ma- amazing reporting in, in the Daily Banter there. But I mean, so this is all to say that this is real. These people do this. They go around, and in, including this guy, this guy that Ches wrote about, the, the guy that showed up at my dad's door was also harassing Sandy Hook family members you know calling up and telling them calling them on the phone and saying you know your children never existed they were just crisis actors mm-hmm. and you can imagine having your six-year-old shot and killed in a school massacre the, the worst tragedy on american soil certainly since 9-11 mm-hmm. and this guy was going around telling the victims that ah you know your your children they never existed right just horrible horrible people and and you know what there is There is the First Amendment, and there is protection for speech, but there are limitations on that. You cannot do this. This is worse than shouting fire in a crowded movie theater, which, as we all know, is one of the many restrictions against uh, free speech that we have in this country. You cannot abuse this right for the hocus-pocus enrichment of Alex Jones, and this is all make no mistake what alex jones says is pure unadulterated hooey he is mm-hmm. making up this shit now one every once in a while he sprinkles in a legitimate conspiracy whether it's lincoln or some other thing that the history regards as being a, consp- a legitimate conspiracy you know the uss maine to precipitate the spanish-american war and so on there are legitimate conspiracies out there and alex jones is clever enough He's smart enough to be able to throw those in there and say, well, you know, people can say, you know, like people like me, just like I'm doing right now. Well, sometimes Alex Jones has legitimate conspiracies. Yeah, but you know what? Ninety nine percent of what he says is bullshit, whether it's, you know, uh, the the linings of juice boxes are are deliberately tainted by the federal government and at the time Barack Obama in in order to turn uh, little boys gay. That's the point. He's they're putting uh uh, uh estrogen mimickers or something into the into huh? the uh, juice boxes.
2: How does that make a guy gay?
1: I don't know. It completely flies in the face of science because <laughs> testosterone levels are unrelated to whether someone is gay.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you Thank know you very so much.
1: Right. And what happens to the children? I mean, the the uh, girls, I meant to say. Yeah. What happens to the girls when they drink? I don't know. It's a whole, it's finding logic in his juice box. Super lesbians, is. exactly. So there's also the chemtrails we all know about. There's a, the Bilderbergs. That's a, that's an ongoing thing. Uh, it's. You know. Plus, you know, I, I hope Alex Jones says this under oath. I'm
0: ugly, I stink, I love <laughs> Satan, I kill my baby.
1: Thank you, Alex Jones. Murders, murders, murders. Make sure make sure to remember that. Murders,
0: murders, murders. Yeah. Killings, murders.
1: Killings, murders. And Killings, uh murders. of course uh We have to play this.
0: This here's a 2008 Dodge Strats. It's got some gears in there and a steering wheel, and I've outfitted the roof with a vinegar spritzing cannon to dissipate chemtrails while I drive. I'm Alex Jones, and this is Crazies in Cars getting Conspiracies. We're here in Newport, Rhode Island, to talk conspiracies with my sidekick at Infowars.com, Mr. Dan Badandi. Uh, Hello, this is Dan Badandi from TruthRadioShow.com. Dan, Alex Jones. Hello? H- hello? Can you hear uh, me? Uh, hello? Dan, I think you're holding the phone upside down again. Uh, get off the line, whoever you are, cause uh, uh, I have to call Alex Jones to be on his show. Dan, this is Alex Jones. Dan? Dan So Dan How do you like my Dodge Stratus? As you can see on the dashboard I have a special radar warning system To alert us when Obama's weather weapons Are in the vicinity Tiny helicopters and airplanes Moving tornadoes all around I drive slow in a driveway And all of those dings That's special I, I also got knowledge of the Illuminati And the occult especially Say. Where's a good place in Newport to talk about conspiracies, Dan? Uh, we could go to my apartment. But we were just there three minutes ago when I picked <laughs> you up. I'll get off at this exit. Wait, wait, wait. Don't grab the steering <laughs> wheel! After causing a serious five-car pileup, we're here in a ditch along the highway in Rhode Island, talking conspiracies. Officer, Dan Badani (laughs) from TruthRadioShow.com. Where in the Constitution does it say government can take over
1: and occupy Texas? Sir, your brain is literally hanging out of your ear right now from your car
0: accident. How are you still talking? Shall not be infringed. Shall not be (laughs) infringed, officer. Dan, this officer is clearly associated with the Bilderbergs, Raytheon, IBM, Bechtel, (laughs) Agenda 21, microchips, gay-inducing juice boxes. Officer, are you a shape-shifting People from outer space? Seriously, how is Mr. Badondi still walking around with his brain leaking out of his head? Ah, uh, George Washington was a true conservative. Next time on <laughs> Crazies in Cars Getting Conspiracies, we'll talk to Texas Congressman Louis Gomer. Don't cast aspersions on my asparagus. Be there!
1: Alright, there you go. Yep. Yes indeed. Right where Alex Jones suddenly becomes the straight man because <laughs> Because Dan Badani (laughs) is such a lunatic. Makes Alex Jones look a little bit normal in that bit.
2: Yeah, frightening, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ, it is terrifying. All right, uh, moving along here. Before we wrap up the show, we obviously have to talk about uh, uh, just a a couple of quick things on stupid Watergate, of course. Uh, We uh, mentioned this Paul Manafort situation where uh, now this judge has decided, uh, Judge Amy Berman Jackson has said that Manafort... Also lied about a bunch of different things, $125,000 payment he received for legal bills and about another unnamed Justice Department criminal investigation. Hmm, I wonder what that is. Manafort's not going to be able to retract his guilty plea, of course, but he's going to still be required to hold up his end of this plea deal, so he gets completely screwed out of this. But of course, what this does is it actually ends up amplifying uh, the possibility of a pardon. Which, uh, if Paul Manafort is sentenced to basically the rest of his life in prison, I think it's something like 25 to 30 years, something yeah. along those lines.
2: Yeah, he's going to die there unless the pardon comes through. He's definitely going to die in prison.
1: Yeah, and that's my, my big concern, mm-hmm. is that Donald Trump is just going to go, ah, it doesn't matter, we're going to pardon him. It could be a little like the last thing Donald Trump does as, as, uh, as president right before he's booted out of office. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah, And probably something, I would imagine at this point, if I'm Paul Manafort... I'm I'm worried about two things, Uh, making sure I don't drop the soap in the shower and also making sure that uh, Donald Trump pardons me at some point. And we got uh, Judge Napolitano on Fox News Channel floating the idea as basically Paul Manafort's proxy in a strange way knowing that Fox News is what Donald Trump watches 24-7 and will get the message if Judge Napolitano says it on the air. And sure enough, he sure as hell did. He said it on the air. And so it's, I mean, I'm sure Donald Trump already knows that Paul Manafort wants a pardon. It doesn't require necessarily uh, Judge Napolitano to suggest it, but it may be put it into Trump's brain a little more in a more fresh way, I would say. Right. uh because I assume his attention span is uh, is fleeting there's there's nothing to keep his uh, attention for too long, so you got to keep reminding him of shit like that. So uh yeah, we, we should be a little bit worried about the possibility of a pardon now, but other than that, Paul Manafort's just completely screwed because he can, he's still gonna have to talk to Mueller. he's still going to have to give all the information that he's got over to Mueller. That's still part of the that part of the plea agreement is still applicable. He's just not going to be able to get a reduced sentence in all of this. Um, and meanwhile, you know, there's this whole flap now with the Senate Intelligence Committee and Richard Burr saying we saw no direct evidence of collusion. We talked a little bit about this uh, with Buzz Burbank the other day. And I, I want to clarify something about the language that was used by Richard Burr. It was very political. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't notice this on Tuesday. It, d- it didn't jump out at me, but... Uh, after thinking about it, you know, he said the word direct in defining the evidence. There may not be direct evidence of conspiracy in this case. Now, he may have been lying, and it's entirely possible that he was lying to to benefit Donald Trump. Obviously, there are links between Richard Burr and the Trump campaign. There are links Mm -hmm. between Richard Burr and Russian money, that too, um, we saw that Len Bolvotnik also gave uh, Richard Burr money, and you know, we've talked about that in the past. So that obviously means that Richard Burr could have corrupt intent in, in uh, revealing this kind of misinformation. But if he was actually being truthful, it doesn't preclude the, the, the fact that there's evidence. Like Donald Trump was screaming on Twitter this morning, Jody. He was going, you know, there's no... I mean, Richard Burr said there's no evidence, so there's no collusion. No collusion, That's he screamed. That's not what he said. Not, not what he said, exactly. He said, no, di- he said. no direct evidence. Of and that's as collusion. of this
2: moment in time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mueller could have all kinds of information. I mean, remember, Mueller has interviewed far more people than the Senate, Senate Intelligence Committee has. And of course, the Senate Intelligence Committee isn't compelling anyone to tell the truth at this point. There are no perjury charges being brought up yet. There's nothing along those lines being delivered to Mueller's office, uh, much like uh, 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 Adam Schiff and this, uh, the House Intelligence Committee is doing. Uh, the right. Senate Intelligence Committee not doing anything along those lines. And by the way, Mark Warner uh, denied what Richard Burr had said. Now, there is a difference. There is another form of evidence that is still admissible in court and can still be used to convict Donald Trump, if not just indict him initially. And that is circumstantial evidence. I- Which is what most crimes
2: to prove in court, rely on more. I mean, direct evidence would be DNA left at a crime. Yep. That you can say, and you know the time of day that, you know, the time that the DNA was left, whose it belongs to, da, 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 da. You can figure that out. That's direct correlation. But circumstantial is usually how most cases, because not every case has a DNA profile.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know,
2: I mean, burglars can come in and leave nothing, but you can circumstantially figure out that that person robbed your house. Or as lawyers like to use the, Um, you go to bed at night, there's no snow on the ground. You wake up the next morning, there's snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. You didn't see it snow, but you know, it did.
1: Exactly right. That is, that is circumstantial evidence. And and that can still be used, as I said, to indict Donald Trump and to ultimately convict him because all you need is, uh, are those circumstances to be able to prove that Mm -hmm. as, as legitimate evidence. And uh, and again, there could still be direct evidence that Richard Burr simply hasn't seen, or that which Richard Burr has seen and is covering up, or not admitting to publicly. Because remember, all of these Republicans, every single last one of them, even the ones who are skeptical about Donald Trump, are a afraid of donald trump they're afraid of the compromise that he has on them and i'm more and more convinced by the day that he does as i was saying earlier i mean remember sean hannity said it outright that that donald trump has quote unquote five buckets of dirt on various government officials despite the fact that uh the drain the swamp people have created so much more swamp in washington dc than there was before they entered of course and all you need to do is look at the news to determine how that all went down, but the fact is that uh, you know there is there's enough evidence to uh, convict all of these guys, whether it's oh, circumstantial yeah. or direct, and you know it's just a matter of time. And uh, and I you know I, Kimberly had an interesting thought this morning that, uh, that I thought was really salient, and she said, you know, I, I'm really sick and tired of the ongoing. Uh, outrages I want consequences I want there yeah. There needs to be Some sort yeah. of consequence For Trump At this point point. Mm-hmm. And so far Other than losing On the wall And so on um, uh, There doesn't appear To be yet any consequence now there will be i
2: I agree there has to be or this country's toast
1: exactly exactly he has to be held accountable for all of this shit so that it is uh so at least along those lines in in a legal sense Mm -hmm. the idea of trumpism is bottled up a little bit more Mm -hmm. um but you know it's just it's aggravating to still see him i mean again uh, you know, it's 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 impossible to watch the news and not be. He can't keep you know, getting away with it, and not react like that. I mean, I'm. He can't keep getting away with it, and it just it seems like that sometimes. But again, it, it's the, moving the the government, moving the the United States, and trying to turn that giant ship of state into the direction that you want it to go. It's a long and slow, arduous, painstaking process. You just don't. You just can't turn on a dime and get someone like that. You need to, you know, you need to be patient with this. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself that more than, more than you, Jody, or anyone else. That we gotta, gotta have patience. And I'm really trying. I'm trying to keep the faith, Bob. Keep I'm, the faith, Bob. Yeah, just desperately trying to do that. So uh, I'm trying to think. At this point, you know what? I think we're going to get to all the rest of what I had to say uh, on the post-mortem show because we're running long today. Although I did want to mention a, a poll result that I thought was uh, a little bit shocking. Trump's approval rating jumped seven percentage points, according to Gallup.
2: What? Why? To,
1: to 44% approval for the uh, after the 35-day shutdown ended. And, and again, it's, again, he can't keep getting away with it. Good God. I mean, oh God. can you people not see? I mean, it's like I want to g- grab all of these people responding to the Gallup poll, grabbing by the lapels and going, what the fuck is wrong with you?
2: God. Krasenstein, by the way, is reporting right now that McConnell just said Trump will sign the funding bill, but then will declare a national emergency.
1: <sighs> God damn it. Oh, fuck. God damn damn it yeah all right well the madness continues there's uh, it's just there's got to be there's got to be accountability it's got to be coming soon okay Jody Hamilton uh, thank you for joining me today of course we can find Jody Hamilton's podcast at front the bunkercom also on stitcher and iTunes and everywhere fine podcasts are, <laughs> are downloaded found <laughs> listened to um, also, let's see uh, some other plugs here. Of course, Kimberly Johnson. You know, I forgot to mention, you were talking about Kimberly Johnson earlier and something she put on her Facebook page. Reminded me to say that she wrote a great article on her Patreon page about misogyny. Go to-
2: she did. That was a fantastic article.
1: Patreon.com slash Kimberly A. Johnson. That's L-E-Y on Kimberly. Uh, I should keep trying to tell her, you know, this. your name is spelled oddly, and so it's hard to, for people to <laughs> remember when they type in that URL. So I got to remind people it's L E Y on Kimberly. So patreon.com slash Kimberly A Johnson. And of course, the traditional spelling of Johnson, there's no extra vowels in there. But you want to go read that misogyny article and then um, and then also uh, make sure to chip in on her uh, Patreon there. Also at patreon.com slash start me up. Meanwhile, Oh, let's see. Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Buzz Burbank is at buzzburbank.com. Jackie Schechner at investigaterussia.org slash donate. Stephanie Miller Show at stephaniemiller.com. And David Ferguson is at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Okay, postmortem show coming up next. Stick with us, show.com. That's our Patreon page. Go and sign up and listen, why don't you? Take care, folks. Bye-bye.